1: How do we pray for the world today? That's the question we're talking about on Your Next Step. We're so glad you're here. I'm Pastor Doug McCoy, our lead pastor, Pastor Doyle Jackson, with me as always.
0: Yeah, I I think this is exciting because this this series, for the next couple days, we're going to talk about Come and See. And one of the things about the early church was They had a heart for their community. They wanted their community to see the power of God, see the Messiah, and turn to Him. And in Acts, it tells us that they prayed for the people to have their eyes open. I have Christians ask me all the time, they say, Pastor, what am I supposed to do about the world we live in? And they're all upset about whether it's uh, the direction of how kids are being treated at school, you know, or what's going on in our politics, that that we have all these tensions in our life. And guess what? The Word of God in the early church, okay, they tell us we should be praying for the eyes of our world to become open to the things of God, and that the darkness would not hold them back any longer. So that Satan wouldn't hold them. And so that's what we need to be talking about. And that's what we're going to talk about today.
1: Yeah, I'm looking forward to that. It's Acts 26 where we see them doing that. For me, that's a great reminder. If you really want to make a change, don't try to use force. Try to use persuasion. Ask the Lord to come in and change the heart, change the perception. So that's what we're going to get into today. Come and see is our
0: message. Well, today I want to talk to you about come and see, because it's I believe this is a core principle to who we are as Christ followers, okay? As Christ followers, uh, you and I were invited by Jesus. He said, come, follow me. And and he wanted us to see the kingdom of God and participate in the kingdom of God. And so there's there's this aspect of, of being a God follower that's a constant invitation for you to evaluate and judge. Is is this what God's doing, and am I participating in it? And and we want to learn how to recognize what God is doing. And and people come to me all the time, and they say, how do I know if God is leading me? How do I know that this is a relationship that God wants me to be involved in? How do I know that this is a career choice for me? How do I know that I should move? How do I know if God has called me, all right? And, and see, that's kind of a, a core thing. Now, this is, I think, important to us as a church, okay, Many of you don't know this. So uh, our church started in 1955, all right? So over 60 years ago, a group of people, they felt God leading them. They said, we feel like God is leading us to start a community of faith in the west side of Columbus to reach all the new families that are, that are moving in to this community and, and share the good news of Jesus. How did they know that? See, you and I are, are here today many years later, we have very little connection to those individuals. But think how your life would be if we didn't have that, if they hadn't said yes to God. And so today, we want to learn this principle, not just for our own life, but for the way it'll impact the world around us. See, if you and I can recognize what God is doing, then we can participate in that. So do me a favor, look at your neighbor and say, God has a calling for you. All right. Now now look at your other neighbor and say, you're valuable. See, there, there has to be this concept within you that I have value to the kingdom of God, that God has a part for me to play, that, that what, I, what I'm gonna do is important, all right? Now, welcome everybody online to the church next door. Welcome everybody, we're glad to have you with us. And, and, and what's, what's great about this is if, if you learn something and you wanna learn a little bit more, you just go back and you can watch it again, you can dive deeper in it, you can take out the notes and really look at it. So today I I wanna start, well, I wanna start with a story from my own life, okay? So when I was a little boy, I was about four years old, my parents bought a farm and we moved to the farm. So my father started his veterinary practice, okay? And I was four years old and not long after we had moved to the farm, apparently someone in the community discovered that there was a, a young veterinarian in his family living on this farm, And so they decided, at this time, you have to understand, there was no ASPCA, okay? This is the old days, all right? And so they had a dog that they decided they did not want any longer, and so they left the dog on the road near our farm, all right? She happened to be pregnant. Within a couple of weeks, we not only had a dog that we did not choose, we had a litter of puppies, and you have to understand I was little I was 4 years old I had already claimed this dog as mine I had named her it was a very specific name Red there you go I mean I knew my colors She had a litter of puppies and I remember it cuz this was a first time experience for me their eyes were closed And I'm like daddy why are their eyes closed you know And and, and I began to to learn about that and and now, what's interesting to me, uh, my childhood was full of puppies and animals and all sorts of creatures. You have to understand, uh, uh, we had horses that were born regularly. Their eyes weren't closed when they were born. What an amazing thing about a foal when it's born, it's born and, and within minutes, it's up on its legs. It's nursing. That's how you know it's healthy. It can see, it can find its mom. It, it, it can drink the same with calves. Baby cows, they they start out, they hop up quickly and they go to... But these puppies and then kittens, their eyes are closed. And I think there's a principle there that kind of relates to us. I put it in your notes because I wanted you to know just some of the facts. Puppies' eyes open after approximately 10 to 14 days. Puppies are born without the ability to hear or to see. Now think about that. Kittens' eyes are blue and remain so for several weeks. Kittens, they don't even have the sense of smell at first. It's why a kitten will hiss at something. When, when, they're, when they're little, the kitten will hiss because something smells new to them or odd to them. And, and, and see, I believe there's a principle here. I mean, we love the little puppies. You look at them with their, their little eyes closed and the kittens, we, we love them. And we have this connection with animals, right? But I believe that the way they're designed is in those early days, their mom is taking care of them, Right? They have to learn to trust their mom. They have to learn to trust something else to know what's safe and where to be. Their mom protects them. I remember Red, you know, she found a place. We had this old shed. It was like a smokehouse or something. And she made a bed for them there. She was all prepared. She was carrying them. You know, I remember, you know, I was so excited. I had this uh, radio flyer wagon with the gates that go all the way around it. Some of you may be old enough to remember what they looked like, okay? I've tried to put, i put her and all the puppies in there and drag them all over the place, you know? And and I believe that there's something here about the way you and I are. When when we're early on in our Christian faith, we're really dependent on other people to kind of help us know what's safe and what's wise, you know. We have this awareness. The Scripture, again and again, talks about the eyes of our heart. How How can your heart have eyes? It's because we know that there's a level of reality and then there's a deeper level. The reason you and I like our pets, the reason we like cats and dogs is because we, we recognize in them the ability to feel our emotion, to recognize our emotion. They, they, will, they will cue off of you. Maybe your cat's a little bit less attentive to you, but that's, that's another subject, right? You see, in Scripture, you remember the story of Joshua and Caleb? Joshua and Caleb, they, they're sent as spies by Moses into the land, right? They're sent into the land, and, and Joshua and Caleb come back, they come back, the two of them come back and said, "This place is awesome. I mean, the, the food is unbelievable. The portion size are really big, you know, grapes as big as your head. They, they, they see it that the other 10, the other 10, the majority report, is all fearful. Now think about this. The majority report does not see the potential that God has for it, and it's fear-based. You need to keep that in your mind when the majority report of our world is fearful. See, you and I have to know, we have to be able to recognize within us what is good and pleasing. How do you recognize what God is trying to do in your life and, 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 and to, to recognize that? See, God invites us To taste and see that he's good. So there's an experience to it, but yet we also know that there's a spiritual realm to it. The reason I mentioned to you Caleb is this you may know someone named Caleb, you may be named Caleb. I believe that the reason that Caleb has the name Caleb is because he sensed something beyond just hearing and seeing, he sensed that God was doing something. Caleb, if you look up Caleb, he was a man like no other. He had faith in God. That's what it says. There's three people named Caleb in Scripture, and there's this indication that they were unique individuals that recognized what God was doing. Now, here's the kicker. Most people don't know that the Hebrew word Caleb is dog. Yeah. So if you're named Caleb, it it means that you should be destined to recognize what God is doing and be an individual of great faith, trusting God and believing God for great things. Be a Caleb, okay? But remember what that word means. See, if you and I were, if our mother was training us to recognize not just what we see and we hear, a dog goes by their nose, don't they? They go by a sense that you and I can't even relate to. They, they, and, and see, you and I want to be like that. And today I want to invite you to begin to imagine maybe God wants you to see things on a spiritual realm and not just a physical realm. And this is essential. Uh, this is not just for your spiritual life, but it's important for your relationships. It's, it's important for your job, for your business, for, for your school life, wherever. You need to recognize, is God leading me in this? Is, this? is this a go or a no-go? Is this a yes or a no? See, God wants you to participate with him. I have young people, they'll come to me. They'll say, pastor, how do I know if God's called me? I don't know if God's called me. I said, well, I've got like six or seven points on that one. I said, first of all, do you sense it inside yourself? Do you have this, just this, what I call within you awareness? Then, then I say, well, how's that working out in your life? Like, like, how does that fit with your gifting? In my own life, my, my first gift mix, my first thing was I had, I had the gift of helps. I just loved helping. And so I learned to help my dad You know, I I love to just carry the bucket and go on calls with him. But then, when 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 we got involved with with having a small group in our home, it was about me helping set up chairs and prepare for people to be there. I've I've just I started I started in recognizing what God wanted me to do because I learned that I had the ability to help. And so many people think, well, that's that's not really that's not a big deal. Look at how many chairs are in this room. It's helpful. You're sitting on one, right? I'm thankful for the gift of help, see?
1: We have more resources for you at DoyleJackson.com. We will be right back with more Your Next Step. So Pastor Doyle, this month we have put together a resource that we believe will bring people closer to God. We want as many people as possible to have it. Why don't you tell us a little bit about it?
0: Well, I think when we're trying to grow in our faith, there's several things that we need to learn about our relationship with God. And so in any relationship, it's a conversation, mm-hmm. but we don't know how to have that conversation with God. That's what prayer is. It's just talking to God. And so this free resource, it's called the Acts Method, all right? It's to help you Get going in your prayer life. We Sometimes we need to go, and we're asking God for stuff, and then other times we just need to be in his presence and talk to him about how he is the great God. He's a wonderful God. We need to adore him. It's all in this prayer method, and we want to help you do that to get in the habit of praying and seeking the Lord. That's what it's about.
1: Yeah, we've learned how to make conversation with each other. We may not realize that we've learned it, but we have. We need to learn how to make conversation with God as well. This Acts method, I picked it up early in Bible college, have used it for years and years. It really is a great way to enter into that kind of conversational prayer.
0: Yeah, it'll encourage you because you'll begin to feel like, okay, am I covering all the bases? And we've got all four bases, and uh, you're going to get to home plate in your relationship with God. So go get the Pray First Acts Method uh, today.
1: Yeah, we really want you to have it. It is at DoyleJackson.com. Give us your email. You will get access to the PDF. For the Pray First Acts Method free resource, go to DoyleJackson.com. Let's continue with your next step.
0: Thirdly, when I talk about calling, you know, I began to, to see the fruit in my life. I began to see that it was working. Does that make sense? I would do something and it impacted people's lives. I, I started when I was like in high school in, in the sound ministry and, and, and people would say, oh man, it sounds so much better. Huh. That made me feel better that it sounded better. See, is there fruit in your life? Is it working? And then you begin to see other people begin to recognize that. And then they begin to, to say, you know, you're really good at this. And see, this is how you know if you're called because you don't do it in isolation. There's people around you and they begin to say, well, well I think God is leading you in this. And so your, your community and your family, and then later someone else says, hey, we have a need. Would you come help us? And this is how people go from, from, from being you know, a helper to, to a greeter to leading a small group or something like that. It's because people begin to recognize you're really good at this. Keep going on that. Keep going on. That's how you recognize God's calling in your life. Because you begin to, it's not like you wake up one day, I'm called to be Billy Graham, and then the next day you're Billy Graham. It took years for him to accomplish what he accomplished. This is not American Idol. We don't declare you something overnight and then you are a success. This is not HGTV. They roll in and in 24 hours, your house is transformed. Folks, that's called editing. There'll be no editing in your real life. There'll be a lot of hard work and a lot of showing up day after day after day after day. That's the kingdom of God. In the book of Acts, Paul paints a picture for how he was called into ministry. Now, now you have to understand the context for this. In, in the book of Acts, Paul is at Caesarea. He's actually in chains. He's been there for over a year because they have decided they're going to send him to Rome on trial or they're going to just deal with the matter there and they're trying to evaluate that. Okay. So he's like, uh, he's being held to go to court to determine if he's going to go to court. You know that's not a good feeling, right? And so um, Festus is there, and he says, "I don't really know things about Jewish matters." And so he ev- he he invites King Agrippa to come and help him eva- evaluate. And Paul gets up and he begins to tell his testimony. Now, now the the other part of Paul's testimony is in Acts chapter nine. He says, "I was on my way to Damascus. I, I'm this Jewish leader, and there's this sect of Christians." And I was sent by Jerusalem to go to Damascus to imprison or kill people that are following the Jesus way. And on my way there, God stopped me in the middle of the road and he called me into ministry. Now he's describing this to Festus and them. What's interesting about This is just a side note, since we're talking about our eyes. What's interesting is when God stopped him on the road, what did he do to him? He blinded him. Hmm. See, God used the physical realm to teach him how he was going to teach him about the spiritual realm. This is God's nature, okay? And then he sent another man to pray for him, and the scales were removed from his eyes, and he could see. Some of us right now need to be praying, God, are you trying to get my attention? Do the scales need to be removed from my eyes? God, open my eyes. That's the prayer. See, the prayer is, God, I want to see what you're doing so that I might participate. God, I want to play. God, I want to be a part of what you're doing. God, I I want to do something. I don't want to just be a watcher of the kingdom of God. I want to be a participant. I want to be up close. I want to feel the sweat. I want to feel it and be a part of it. Paul shares his testimony. Then I ask, who are you, Lord? I'm Jesus, whom you you are persecuting, the Lord replied. Now get up and stand on your feet. I've appeared to you to appoint you as a servant and as a witness, an eyewitness of what you've seen and will see of me. I will rescue you from your own people and from the Gentiles. I'm sending you to them. Now, why is he sending them? to open their eyes and turn them from darkness to light and from the power of Satan to God so that they may receive forgiveness of sins and a place among those who are sanctified by faith in me. So then, King Agrippa, I was not disobedient to the vision from heaven. Paul is saying... I, you need to know, everybody knows about me. They know what I was before. They know what I am now that I follow Jesus. My life has been transformed and, and you are here to 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 be proof of that. Now notice how many times in those verses, God says, I'm gonna show you, you are gonna see the way the kingdom works and you're gonna live with your eyes wide open to what the kingdom is doing. See, well, you do not experience God one time. You don't just experience him one time. You you recognize somehow within you that you need to change. See, the Holy Spirit works on us to bring us to Christ Jesus. That's how we come to faith. The Holy Spirit makes you feel, oh man, something's not right. And then who knows, maybe you go to small group or, or you meet somebody or someone prays with you at work or you come to church, something like that. And then you begin to sense, wow, this, this is something I need. I am something's missing. See, that's the beginning of your eyes opening to the kingdom of God. Paul's was a, was a dramatic thing. He, he, he saw Stephen stoned and it rocked his world. He was part of that. He dug in harder and then God stopped him. You may be like him. God may have stopped you in your tracks and your anti God approach. I don't know. We're all different. We're unique, but we begin to have our eyes open. But it does not mean when you accept Jesus that your eyes will not continue to be open to the things of God. Oh, I pray not. I pray that you will continue to see him doing things. As a church, when we say that that our mission is to move people closer to God, it's all about this. It's what we started in 1955 for. We started because we said, you know what? People need to see the kingdom of God. They need to know the love of Jesus. They need to know, their children need to know the hope of Jesus Christ, see? We're called to open the eyes of the ungodly. That's what Paul said. We're here to be light in the darkness. We're here to shine. Speaking of the mission of the church, a lot of people don't know this because they weren't around. In in 1955, the church started, but by by 1956, the, 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 the women of the church gathered and they said, you know what, there is no kindergarten in this community. They said, maybe we need to do that for the kids of this community. In Lincoln Village. Now, what was that? That's called the Holy Spirit leading us to start a ministry. All the the things that we do in this place, we do it with prayer. We seek the Lord. We ask God, God, what is it you want us to do? We don't want to come up with a great idea and ask you to bless it. We want to know what you want to do and us participate. Very different. Very different. Most of us, we have a great idea that's going to really do us good. And we're like, God, please bless it, you know? God, I got a great idea. I'll buy a lottery ticket. You'll give me millions of dollars and I'll give money to you. You you waste your money and you're like, well, God, it was a great idea. And he's like, no, bad idea. Give your money to me and I'll multiply it. If I can do loaves and fishes, I can take care of it. We got to stop looking to, to man and start looking to God for the source of our life. That's what happened to Paul. We're called to open the eyes of the ungodly, the the religious that have gotten hung in a rut of relying on their self-work and pray that, that they will see the kingdom of God and let go of that, begin to trust in Jesus, the Messiah. See, that's the goal. The goal is to lead people to Jesus and help him see. The Messiah came to help us see the kingdom, In Matthew chapter 13, Jesus is speaking. He said, this is why I speak to them in parables. Though seeing, they do not see. Though hearing, they do not hear or understand. Now, a lot of times we hear that verse and we're like, I don't understand. Has Jesus come to confuse us? No. He's saying, all of you have ears. All of you have eyes. You have the ability to see and you have the ability to hear. But that does not mean you are seeing the kingdom of God, the spiritual realm, or hearing the kingdom of God. So I teach in parables, Jesus said, so I can illustrate for you how the kingdom works. The purpose of the parables is to show you in the natural realm how the kingdom of God works so that you can function in the natural and the supernatural at the same time. See, the purpose that Jesus came is to reveal to us the supernatural nature of this world. It's supernatural. It's a supernatural thing. So when you say, God, open the eyes of my heart, you're asking him to do something supernatural. When you say, oh, God, this person that I'm thinking about asking out on a date, should I ask him out? You're asking for something supernatural. Okay? Can I tell you, start, though, in the natural. Are they a godly person? is the fruit of the Spirit in their life? If they're not, if they're not, if they're not a godly person, then you're trying to missionary date. Don't do it. You think that you are called, I'm an evangelist. You know what I'm saying? You're looking at the other person. They look so good. They need Jesus. That is not the Holy Spirit leading you.
1: You've been listening to Come and See on Your Next Step. Pastor Doyle, this is a great message, a great invitation. How do we want to bring more of that invitation
0: into the lives of the people with us today? Well, I'd like to pray for them. And if you're listening, what I want you to do is just listen to the prayer. And when I'm done, if you agree with it, say amen. That's kind of like saying, I'll have some of that, God. That's what I want. And so that's what I want to do today. Lord, I thank you for... Uh, everyone right now listening, and I know they've been really thinking about your word and they want to honor you. And God, they do. They want to see your kingdom. They want to see it for real. And they they know there's areas of their life where their eyes aren't open. I'm asking you right now to begin to open their eyes, give them greater clarity, speak to them, Lord, uh, give them direction for what you're trying to do in their life. And then God, I pray this. I pray that they would have discernment that they would see the people around them as you do and begin to respond in a kingdom manner. I pray that they would become salt and light wherever they go. I pray that we would become a part of a generation that brings revival in our world, that shares the hope of Jesus Christ, and that we would be transformed by him. In Jesus' name. Amen. We
1: hope that that prayer is a blessing to you. We believe it will be. We believe it could bless the other people in your life as well. So if you have the chance, why don't you share this podcast, share that prayer with the people around you. Just say, hey, I've got a resource for you. It's called Your Next Step. We believe it will be a blessing to them. Thank you for being with us today. Come back tomorrow for more blessing on Your Next Step. Your next step with Doyle Jackson is a ministry of The Church Next Door in Columbus, Ohio. Your prayers for us are always valued, but to help keep us on the air, visit DoyleJackson.com and click Give. That's DoyleJackson.com. You can also send a check to The Church Next Door. Our address is 5755 Fetter Road, Columbus, Ohio, 43228. Again, that's 5755 F-E-D-E-R Road, Columbus, Ohio, 43228. Please put radio in the memo line. Lastly, if you need prayer or have questions, text us at 888-644-4034. That's 888-644-4034. I'm Pastor Doug, and Pastor Doyle and I would love to see you next time
0: for Your Next Step.